The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. 555-T-A-L-K, and now your host for Night Talk, Barry Champlain. The worst news of the night is that three out of four people in this country say they'd rather watch TV than have sex with their spouse. Yeah, this is nice the talk. second worst news is that some kids needed money for crack last night, so you know what they did? They stuck a knife in the throat of an 80-year-old grandmother down on Euclid Avenue right here in Dallas. One night in one American city. Multiply that by hundreds of cities and what have you got? A country where culture means pornography and slasher films. Where ethics means payoffs, graft, insider trading. Where integrity means lying, whoring, and intoxication. This country is in deep trouble, people. This country is rotten to the core and somebody better do something about it. I want you to take your hand out of that bowl of Fritos, throw away your National Enquirer, and pick up the phone. Go ahead, pick it up, hold it up to your face, and dial 555-T-A-L-K. Open your mouth and tell them what we're going to do about the mess this country's in. Talk radio. It's the last neighborhood in town. People just don't talk to each other anymore. Let's go to the first caller. A lot of yeah, problems with the country today have mm -hmm. a mm -hmm. lot to do with the continued exploitation of third world countries. Wait a minute, wait a minute, I mean, hold on. Third world countries? Where'd you learn that phrase? In college? Something you heard on 60 Minutes? You know what it means? Track. We're not getting off the track, Josh. We're getting on the track. Josh, go back to college. When you graduate, give me a call. A prime example of that uniquely American institution, the concerned, sensitive, bleeding heart liberal, looking for people with problems he can call his own. Francine in Oakland. I'm a transvestite. And Welcome everyone. It is Thursday, August 17th, 2023. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing, it's Just Right. Fade into color, color into black and white, under the bedclothes, everything will be America, Canada, and the West in general are in far deeper trouble than most realize, even in the midst of a gradual awakening to the reality of this circumstance. We are currently being subjected to a series of what are popularly being referred to as PSYOPs, psychological operations, and they're not only being conducted by the bad guys, whoever you might think they are, but also by the good guys, whoever you might think they are as well. And in the struggle between valid information and disinformation, misinformation, you could call it the War of the PSYOPs. We have of late been identifying the bad guys as the deep state generally, and their PSYOPs are geared to gain the broad public's consent to be enslaved, if I may put it bluntly. And we have been identifying the good guys as anything from patriots, constitutionalists, individualists, and those generally searching for the truth, and the purpose of their psyops is to precipitate an apocalypse, which is not an event, but an awakening. And towards that end, Donald Trump recently posted on August 7th on his office of the former POTUS social media site, a Great Britain news interview with Dr. Jan Halper-Hayes, a political analyst who was part of the Department of Defense under Trump's administration. We'll be featuring the entirety of that interview as we head into the final portion of our show today. But before we get to that, I have a feeling that what you'll be hearing between now and then will greatly deepen your appreciation of her message. The fact that Trump would have posted such a message not only raised a few eyebrows, but also resurrected the specter of the QAnon phenomenon and the various conspiracy theories associated with it. 
And so we shall be examining this apocalyptic psyop and its apocalyptic significance right after our reminder that you can write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org. Hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave. Follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform and visit us at justrightmedia.org where you can access all of our social media links, archive broadcasts, and the support button that makes it easy for you to support the show. Because as you know, your financial support is appreciated and is what makes this show possible. Now, I suppose it would be safe to say that what might be called a Great Awakening is of two basic types. One in which an awareness of what has been in front of us all along is suddenly made visible for the first time, and the second, an awareness created by the discovery of information entirely unknown previously. An apocalypse is only that to those who have been asleep through the Armageddon. The things that many people call apocalyptic, the great revelations, have always been known or at least acknowledged by those who are awake and paying attention. Those already awake don't need to go through any great awakening. So it occurs to me that the real phenomenon and crisis behind any apocalypse or great awakening is not the apocalypse or the awakening itself, but the reality that most people, most of the time, are not conscious of their own political and social zeitgeist, even when they are active participants in it. Now, I have found myself of late immersed in a great awakening of my own, as over the past couple weeks I've been deeply affected by various revelations outside the scope of our discussion today, but which include a video forwarded to my attention by Robert Vaughn, featuring former FBI Special Agent Ted Gunderson, who passed away in 2021, detailing the activities of the deep state many years ago. In that video, he confirms the FBI is infiltrated by the satanic Illuminati cult involved in the assassination of the Kennedys, Oklahoma bombing, Waco siege, World Trade Center bombing, 9-11 and the kidnapping of children for sex, sacrifices, and body parts. And then there was a 1967 two-hour-plus recording made by one Myron Fagan, brought to my attention, recounting a complete history in excruciating detail about the Illuminati and the evil ideology of the Rothschilds, which is behind virtually everything we see today. And then there was a December 23, 2014 presentation brought to my attention, entitled, All Wars Are Bankers' Wars, yet another chilling account about the evils of globalist tyrannies. And then the recent Tucker Carlson interview, stunning, with former Capitol Police Chief Stephen Sund, whose account of how the Biden administration completely orchestrated the January 6th so-called insurrection, offering enough evidence to charge a people he named in that PSYOP with treason. And all of these accounts are consistent with each other and with everything behind the so-called QAnon phenomenon. So on this side of our upcoming bumper, a very skeptical Owen Schroyer of the War Room on August 8th expresses his doubts about Q and the QAnon phenomenon, even though, in the end, you can kind of tell he'd like it to be true. While on the return side of the bumper, none other than one of the key voices of the Q movement, Dave Nazipso, on the X-22 report of the same day. So let the PSYOPs begin. Now, last week... This video, I think, came out about Tuesday last week, I want to say. I don't know if I have the exact date on it. And I watched it, but it was on Great Britain News. It was a good segment. 
But I was like, well, there's, there's no point in really highlighting this because this type of commentary is everywhere. The one difference being that Dr. Jan Halper Hayes is a high-level Department of Defense. She was high-level Department of Defense when Trump was president. And I don't want to play the full 10-minute segment, but, but here's just a little clip of it. DOD's Dr. Jan Halper Hayes, and, and by the way, well, I'll give you more context, but here's, but here's just a little snippet of her on a British news show in clip four. You know, you know, I sit on a task force at the Department of Defense. And the thing is, they've got the goods. They've got the goods. And Trump knew that if he presented any of the goods early on, we'd have a civil war. That he really felt that the people needed to see how bad it could get. So it's very Q-esque. And I'm not here selling you the hopium of Q or saying I believe in Q. In fact, I think the ultimate proof that Q is a psyop is that the Democrat Party and the FBI has no interest in finding out who Q is. Now, that's not to say there might be some kernels of truth inside of the stuff that Q puts up there. But, I mean, if you look at the largesse, the Q stuff, none of it has happened, at least that we know of. But, but so most of it is she's kind of saying, hey, look, Trump has all the goods. We know all the pedophiles that Epstein was running. We have the documents. We watched him steal the election. We have the proof. But if Trump just comes out and presents this to the American people in the current political climate, well, then it's it's just, it's not good. Now, I understand that logic if, if it's all true. Pragmatically speaking, if you war game it out, if you try to roll that out right now, the a lot of the American people will just outright reject it. A lot of the American media will outright reject it. But you've seen how come we've how far we've come since 2015, 2016, and now the atmosphere is maybe getting a little more open. I mean, Mike Pence can't go anywhere without getting heckled. Mitch McConnell can't go anywhere without getting heckled. Joe Biden can't go anywhere without getting heckled. I mean, you could get Justin Trudeau. I mean, the list just goes on and on and on. Joe Biden doesn't even go in public, doesn't even do press events, cannot even be seen in public. Okay, Donald Trump goes in public, and I mean, it's like... Uh, the excitement, the attention, you can't even gauge it. It's like a superstar. It's like the captain of the Stanley Cup champion walking down the street during the Stanley Cup celebration. It's like, there's the hero. That's the guy. There goes that man. President Trump amplifies Dr. Jan Halper Hayes' claims in Truth Social Post, suggests Space Force have, has evidence of 2020 election fraud, Trump knew if he presented any of the goods early on, we'd have civil war. And again, she goes into more of it. Even the Space Force thing where it's like Space Force was a, a strategic thing to take the power away from NASA and the funding away and the investigative powers away from these other branches. And so, look, I mean, it, 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 it makes sense theoretically. You could reach the same logical conclusions that the world is not ready for this information to be put out there. You and I might say, hey, we've been pounding our heads against the wall to get this information out there. What are we waiting for? Well, we're at the front of the lines here. Most people aren't where we're at spiritually, mentally, you name it. Politically, we've been there. But let's just be clear. The rest of the population, folks, is basically still in the dark ages. They don't understand most of this stuff. They, they couldn't even comprehend it if you tried. But times are changing. The political messaging and optics, the Overton window has all changed. So, but why did I decide to cover this now? Because 
Trump posted this video on his Truth social feed, which really just makes it even stranger, to be honest. Because why wouldn't you just deliver that message? Or, or why now would Jan Halper be delivering this message? So here's where I'm at. I, I'm not going to claim I'm smarter or more intelligent than Dr. Jan Harper, or Halper, excuse me, Halper Hayes. And obviously, being has she, how she is a high-level Department of Defense uh, administrator, obviously she has access and information that I don't have. However, because I've seen this play out before, a lot of times these people are naive. And this isn't an insult. Again, I don't know where she's getting this information except that she's high-level Department of Defense. A lot of times these people are naive and they're just starting to learn this stuff and they're just starting to figure it all out where you've had the understanding or we've had the understanding for decades now. It's kind of the same narrative that I'm seeing and, and she gets into it in the interview how, oh, well, now that they're now that they're going to bring Donald Trump into court, we're going to relitigate the whole thing and we're going to prove how the election was stolen. I mean, folks, to me, that's Candyland stuff. That's being too naive to understand what you're really up against. So are you about to have your complete faith in the justice system lost because they're not going to let Donald Trump present any evidence? They're not going to let Donald Trump have any discovery and his legal team is not going to be able to subpoena or present anything in the courtroom, which is going to be blacked out to the American people? Or does she really know something that we don't know? Is she too naive being as how she probably hasn't been in, let's say, the info war for 20 years that she really thinks, oh, we've got it. It'll all be fine. We're the good guys. We've got the goods. But Or is she too naive to understand it? It doesn't matter if you have the goods. It doesn't matter if the truth is on your side. We're dealing with totalitarian tyrants that will shut down your relitigation of the 2020 election in a courtroom. You obviously didn't follow the Alex Jones case. But maybe that happens. So I wasn't going to bring that up, but the fact that Trump shared that is like crazy. Because now you're dealing with Donald Trump either giving his voter base false hope or... He's given his voter base a clue like, hey, there are patriots that are still around that care about this country and aren't going to go quietly. And we've got plans and schemes and ideas, too. I'm really not sure at this point, but there it is. There you have it. Now, when Trump gets the trial, and this is going to be the trial of the century, Trump's lawyers are going to subpoena people. Trump lawyers are going to counter everything that Jack Smith is producing, and they're going to produce evidence so the world can see how the election fraud was done. This is what Trump has been trying to get out to the people. Now, you have to remember, Trump was going to follow the rule of law. He will always follow the rule of law. So he will give the court systems a chance Listen, I have this case. I have the evidence. What are you going to do? And when that doesn't work, well, then they move to 
the next phase. The next phase is allow them to come after me, allow them to open the door. Then I can produce this evidence in the court system. They don't have to accept my case. They came after me. It's already accepted. Now, Trump, he was giving a speech out in New Hampshire and he let everyone know that he never, ever said that the elections weren't rigged. He always has said that the elections were rigged. They were stolen. Take a listen to what he said. The FBI Twitter files, the DOJ, Facebook and all of the rest, all of the rest. Uh, look at uh, 2000 mules. Look at what they did with that. Thousands and thousands and thousands of votes on tape, on camera. All of this will come up during this uh, trial. That's uh, all of this will come up. Because we won the election by a lot. Then they have this crap going on. I never even thought of this one. Trump didn't really believe he won the election. Let me tell you, people that know me say, that's one thing I tell you. There was never a second of any day that I didn't believe that that election was rigged. It was a rigged election. It was a rigged election and it was a stolen, disgusting election. And this country should be ashamed. And they go after the people that want to prove that it was rigged and stolen so it never happens. They go after them. They don't go after the people that rigged it, okay? And we'll see how it all turns out. You know, we've been, we've been right about a lot of things, right? You ever see Trump was right about everything, ultimately? Let's see how- now, when you look at this, it looks like he has set this up beautifully. Well, that's the setup. But what's the execution? You know, there's a critical part of Trump's agenda that we discussed on previous broadcasts, but do not intend to detail today other than to say this. If the court cases coming up prove to be as corrupt as the previous ones, a trigger will have been pulled, at least according to the Q narrative, which enables the U.S. military to exercise its authority to enter the picture, about which you'll hear more later in the show. Owen Schroyer's observation that, quote-unquote, none of it has happened with regards to expectations around the queue was the very topic of discussion high in the news when I first entered the fray surrounding the queue phenomenon on this show back in 2021, before which I knew nothing about queue. And this is what we wrote on the blog post associated with that broadcast. Quote, the phenomenon known as Q or QAnon has increasingly attracted the condemnation and criticism of the mainstream media. That's a sure sign that there's something about Q that warrants our attention, something the deep state does not want discussed. Following dashed expectations that there would be some kind of major military action against various members of the deep state by Inauguration Day, as predicted in some Q narratives, many of Q's followers began to accuse the movement of being a PSYOP operation for the deep state itself. To add insult to injury, critics continue to associate clearly outrageous conspiracy theories with Q followers. In so doing, they are attempting to deflect attention from those narratives more closely resembling the truth. This has caused a deep rift within the Q movement with a disappointed and demoralized side now accusing the other of suffering from hopium, a term coined to describe the unwarranted optimism associated with those remaining faithful to the greater Q narrative. Yet various stories continue to surface which suggest that the new administration in Washington remains deeply concerned about Q, as if to confirm that this movement does indeed present a serious threat to the deep state. 
and General Michael Flynn, who boldly announced that Trump would retain his presidency into the current term, continues to suggest that this is so. To say that confusion abounds regarding the current state of political affairs in the U.S. is an understatement. It's beginning to look more and more like the truth will ultimately prove to be far stranger than any fictions. To be sure, there are an infinite number of conspiracies and theories from which to choose. The deep state wants no discussion about these theories because some of them are true particularly those regarding the reality of a stolen election and its serious implications, end quote. Which brings us back to the present day and to the frenzy now surrounding Trump's latest charges. Because, make no mistake about this, he did win the 2020 election, and I have become totally convinced that both Trump and his military operatives had all of the objective evidence at their disposal and still do. According to the Q narrative, this documented electoral fraud triggered a status of governance that I believe was referred to as continuance of government, giving both Trump and the military the right and authority to continue their governance by whatever means necessary. But as we learned on our previous discussions, Trump chose the path towards apocalypse, towards a great awakening of the public so that they, as he put it, will understand what must be done, quote-unquote, when the time arrives to clean out the proverbial swamp. Now, enter stage right. An unexpected player enters the scene. The so-called QAnon shaman, who having recently been released from over a year of solitary confinement, I can't believe it, as a political prisoner in an unconscionable and despicable action on the part of the Biden government, has now been making the rounds on some of the largest online social platforms. The QAnon shaman's actual name is Jake Angeli Chansley, and he has recently been featured on many of the top talk shows including Alex Jones, Michael Malice, and Michael Knowles from which we'll be hearing some audio bites shortly. Each of the original interviews was hours long, covering a wide range of often unrelated issues and topics extending from ancient cultures and beliefs to some pretty far-out metaphysical interpretations of the universe. And I sat through all of them. This guy was extraordinarily articulate, even in explaining some of the strangest theories I've ever heard entertained. Jacob Angeli Chansley is one well-informed and highly educated individual who also has a military history from his time served in the U.S. Navy. No one more than he was surprised to discover that he had become the poster boy for the Biden government's January 6th insurrection narrative, and his being called the QAnon shaman was not based on any particular association he had with the Q. It was a name created by the PSYOP narrative. And the so-called QAnon shaman does not attribute his release from jail to the coincidental Tucker Carlson broadcast featuring his security-guided tour through the Capitol buildings. The date of his release was already scheduled well in advance of Carlson's broadcast. Moreover, the shaman costume he wears is a ceremonial dress that he's been wearing for over a decade and had nothing to do with the purpose of his appearance at the Capitol which will be his first topic of discussion in our upcoming audio selection. But before we go to that, one final observation. When I first discussed what I had learned about the Q phenomenon back in 2021, there was one very weird aspect that seemed to me to be kind of religious or cultish. I think that's how I referred to it. And that was the references by the Q followers to various postings made, treated as if they were passages from the Bible or as 
if there were some kind of evidence of prophecy. But because I found all of the factual information being brought forward by X-22 and the like to be right on the money each time, I set that concern aside. But now, thanks to what we're about to hear next, the mystery has been solved and I am now much relieved because those mysterious postings now make some kind of objective sense. Now, although on his own social media site his name appears as the hyphenated Jake Angeli Chansley, he was interviewed on this side of our upcoming bumper as Jake Angeli by Michael Malice on his August 9th edition of You're Welcome, and as Jacob Chansley by another Michael, Michael Knowles of the Daily Wire, in an earlier interview of July 19th, which we'll hear on the return side. I went to the January 6th, MAGA Million March, the protest of the election for a number of reasons. It wasn't just about the election. It was about a number of things for me and I think for a lot of other people as well. Uh, for me, it was about knowing that JFK was not killed by Lee Harvey Oswald, but was shot by more than one bullet from more than one angle. And the government and the media had been lying to us for decades about that. And Donald Trump released the autopsy, and lo and behold, the autopsy says he was shot by more than one bullet from more than one angle. Huh. Isn't, isn't that where the term conspiracy theory came from? And conspiracy theorist was people that didn't believe Lee Harvey Oswald was the sole lone shooter of JFK? Well, I, yeah, that I'm is a, where that term a, came from. I'm a JFK truther. I don't think there were any gunmen. I think his head just did that. <laughs> yeah, so that's number one. So there is a long string of lies in the media and the government. And because of Operation Mockingbird, it's quite clear that the government and the media have been working together for a long time to control the narrative. I think there was a, it was actually a CIA, um, uh, the head of the CIA that once said, once everybody, once every American, once everything that every American citizen believes is false, we will have done our job. And can I say know our job thing? is complete. I want everyone listening to this to assume that both Jake and I are crazy and that we're liars and go look up Operation Mockingbird for yourself. Look up what the CIA admitted themselves. Look on the Wikipedia. Assume we're crazy people. Assume we don't know what we're talking about. Assume we're paid for by Putin or Zelensky or whoever. That's fine. Go look yourself. Don't You don't have to trust anything that anyone is saying on your screens. And then you can come back and see if the word conspiracy theory applies. Go ahead. So that right there was number one for me. And then there's all this other stuff throughout um, our history up until the day of January 6th. Things like um, Waco, things yeah. like the Oklahoma City bombing. Have you been like to Waco, by the way? Have What's you been that? to the church? The church is still there. Have you ever been there? No, no, I have not. Um, but that was a perfect example that the american government could literally burn men women and children alive and brush it under the rug yeah um there's things like that there's also things like um operation fast and furious there's things like uh weapons of mass destruction in in iraq um there's things like um benghazi the thirty-three thousand emails there's things like um, Operation Northwoods. That's kind of back during JFK's time. But that right there is evidence that false flags are something that the government's doing a long time. Uh, the Gulf of Tonkin and getting us in the Vietnam War. Um, there's all these things. And then there's also, you know, Russia, Russia, Russia. 
for four years. And then that turns out to be a lie. Once again, the media and the government working together, the weaponization of federal agencies, um, FISA warrants and stuff like that, all the while they knew it was a lie. Um, then there is COVID and the lockdowns. And the fact that everybody in one way or another was on some form of federal house arrest because they were told that they were not essential and that, that they had to stay home. People lost their homes. People lost their jobs. Pe children were starving. Um, and then to top it all off, they created the COVID Relief Act where they gave literally billions of dollars away to special interest groups and in foreign nations, right. but they only gave every American citizen a $600 check after being locked up for almost a year. And there's also the, the uh, BLM and Antifa riots that were mostly peaceful, according to the Mockingbird media. And then there was, uh, to top it all off, a, the rigged election in 2020. So when you see this long string of abuses and this long uh, pattern of corruption and all the evidence that goes with it, it's, you have to ask yourself, where are we going to be seven generations from now if we don't say something, if we don't stand up and say enough is enough, you guys are lying. And what's wrong, in my opinion, what's wrong with questioning proven liars? Yeah, oh no, I, I completely agree with you. So let's break down that nickname that the media gave you. Uh, are you or have you ever been affiliated in any way with QAnon? Well, first of all, QAnon is a fiction that was created by the Operation Mockingbird Media. There's Q and then there's the QAnons. I mean, and then there's the Anons. And then so the media created QAnon because they combined Q and then the Anons, the community of people that followed Q. And the reason why they did this is because as they reported on QAnon, they created a bunch of stories in the media and in search engines, essentially, that when people began to look up QAnon, all they would find is the media's false narrative regarding the Anons and Q. If they, instead they were talking about Q over and over and over again, asking who is Q, what is Q, etc., then people would then start following the Q drops, which the media does not want them to do. So what they did is the what we're witnessing here is a one psyop versus another yeah and you have the operation mockingbird media psyop that is based on division it's based on subversion it's based on control and things like mk ultra mind control and then on the other side what you have is the q uh psyop which it is a psychological operation but the Q PSYOP is more so based on deprogramming or reprogramming people. It's based on getting the truth out to people about the fiat, debt-based currency, child and human trafficking, uh, corruption, blackmail, and stuff like that in the government. And so the counter PSYOP that is in charge of Operation Mockingbird, which would be CIA, um, and the other intelligence agencies that run these child trafficking industries that, that are corrupting our government through things like Jeffrey Epstein and blackmail. These individuals infiltrated the Anon groups online and then they started spewing disinformation, things like JFK Jr. is alive and going to be Donald Trump's president. The earth yeah. is flat, the, you know, that kind of stuff. And then once that disinformation campaign had run its course, then the media started reporting on Q Anon and saying they believe the earth is flat, they believe JFK Jr. is still alive, and they didn't touch all this stuff about blackmail, fiat currency, and child and human trafficking. You see? So this is how this kind of stuff works. So Q Anon is a fiction. 
I had this great tweet from a fan yesterday that I would love your response to because I was like, you, you nailed it on the head. The guy said, and he does use the term QAnon, but I'm quoting him. He goes, it's telling how out of all the BS nonsense that QAnon believed in, the media honed in on the one thing they were basically right about, international pedophile rings serving global elite as their big example of what a supposedly absurd belief to discredit them with. And it's kind of fascinating, you speak about the Mockingbird media, how blue-pilled people can tell you with a straight face that Jeffrey Epstein was a monster, that he was arrested, that the things he did are horrible, and yet if you believe in an international pedophile ring for the elites, you're a crazy person. And they will have these two beliefs in their head simultaneously, and if you say, well, that's a contradiction, no, you're crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, it's it's called cognitive dissonance. They have a yes. cognitive dissonance at the fact that there is a large international corrupting child trafficking ring. You, Q is on the internet. It first started on 4chan, then on 8kun. And when I was looking at it from an ob uh, objective perspective, what I saw was that Q was asking people questions, not giving them answers. What does the Mockingbird Media do? This is what happens, this is what it means. Giving people answers, neuro-linguistically programming people. How do you dissolve neuro-linguistic programming? How do you dissolve subconscious programming? You ask questions. Isn't that convenient though? Because if you're asking questions, you can never be proven wrong, right? If I make a prediction and I say uh, so-and-so is going to win the election and then so-and-so doesn't win the election, then I look like I don't know what I'm talking about. But if, if someone calling himself Q just asks questions, then he can always sort of seem like he's right. right? He's not, it's like Nostradamus or something, mm -hmm. right? You know, Nostradamus writes in these riddles. And so now, in, later on, we can look back in hindsight and say, oh, well, he was really predicting this event or that event. But maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. He, he was speaking in such an ambiguous way that, that his predictions could refer to almost anything. Right. But, That's the objection. Of it. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. And, and you're right to a certain extent. However, this is how I came to these conclusions, that this is a psychological operation by the highest levels of military intelligence and the intelligence community. That Q, that Q itself. So Q is this person who's posting questions. I don't think it's a person. I think it's a group. So it's a, Q is a group that's posting questions on fora like 4chan or this other Acun, one. Yeah. A Acun. And uh, you're saying that that is, an, is a psyop from the highest levels of government. Or, or I would say most likely highest levels of the military. Okay. Because military intelligence and the intelligence community tend to work together. Sure. Um, now, what led me to that conclusion is the numerical code in the Q drops themselves and the gap code between the time that Trump would tweet something and Q would do a Q drop and what is called the Q clock. Okay, so if you look into cryptology and encrypting information, then you will see that what the Q drops were doing was very, very similar to the way military intelligence communicates. And this is how it is that you're able to communicate a message in plain sight without the enemy knowing what exactly it is that you're saying because it's all encrypted, it's all encoded. Now, 
The numerical code, if you look at the numerical code and then you line that up with certain other, and you learn the numerical code, you can line it up in a way where these numer these numbers end up creating a much larger message. And it's the same thing with the Q clock. The Q clock is like a regular clock with 12 numbers, right? But above each of the numbers are dates. And each of these dates are different. Now, when you align all of these dates together and then you get all the Q drops that were on that day, then it creates a much larger message that is very interconnected with each other. But each of these dates, each of these drops was on a different day. So it's about spreading out this much larger message that when you put it together, put the puzzle together properly, the message becomes clear. So it's equivalent to military intelligence dumping a massive puzzle on the table of the internet and saying, figure it out. Why are they doing this? So that's a great question. How do you dissolve mass mass formation hypnosis. You have to get at least 5% or more of the population to reject the, the programming, the hypnosis, the narrative, right? How you get people to de-neurolinguistically program themselves. You ask them questions and then they do their own research, right? And then they come to the conclusions on their own. You can't just tell somebody the government's corrupt. You have to show them. And you know who Yuri Bezmenov is? Yes, Okay. Yeah. So, a Soviet guy. Yes. And he was a KGB operative in charge of psychological warfare, what they called ideological subversion, right? So think about this. Yuri Bezmenov said that the Soviets and the global communist conspiracy, which he said is very real, okay? And he would know. They infiltrate countries in particular, uh, he was talking about the United States, but all countries through a ideological warfare campaign, a psychological warfare campaign that is broken down into four parts. Demoralization, which takes a full generation, infiltrate the entertainment, infiltrate the schools, the colleges, infiltrate governments, infiltrate the media outlets, etc. Okay? Then indoctrinate or demoralize a whole generation of children. Then after that, you get destabilization. Now, what ends up happening there is that once that whole generation has been demoralized, then you use the infiltrators that did the demoralization in conjunction with the demoralized generation. And then they destabilize the system. And that takes a couple of years. Then once the system has been destabilized, that's when you get into the third part, crisis. So then this collapse of the supply chain, the failing of banks, um, the, uh, the housing market crash, et cetera, et cetera. These are the crises that occur right? Then the last part is normalization. And what happens is that during the crisis portion, these infiltrators that did the demoralization, destabilization, they move into positions of power, high level positions of power. Then they normalize all of this stuff and they create a communist government. Okay. So, so how does this relate to Q? Yeah. Right. How this relates to Q is this. There are entities within our government, within what some people would call the deep state, Okay, the bureaucracy, the intelligence apparatus, military intelligence that do not want to see the United States of America fall. They do not want a new world order, one world government. They do not want these less than one percenters dictating our lives and the lives of our children. So the Q operation was done so that this demoralized population, which Yuri Bezmenov said, you could show people in black and white the truth and they won't believe it because they're so heavily demoralized. You could take them to the concentration camps and they will not believe it until they're behind the gates right? 
How do you deprogram people? You give them questions, they do their own research, they come to their own conclusions, and they see the government corruption on their own. They see the fences. They see the gates. And they realize the system, then what they have been told is for their security is actually for their enslavement or their imprisonment. And all it takes is 5%, right? So we have, in the United States, far more than 5% who can see through the BS. Yeah, right? certainly. I mean, if... if if you're d- defining that as people who know that the media and the government lie to us all the time, I was probably like 65%. <laughs> I don't know, it seems like a lot of people. Yes. And, and that's been true for a while, I think. Yes. So, so why do we need Q? Well, what are the things, and this is also important to understand about psychological warfare operations or psychological operations. The, the three main things that Q was talking about and that, that I think are the most important are the fiat debt-based currency and the Fed. Okay, number two, the child trafficking, human trafficking networks, the slave trade, right? Number three, the government corruption and how it's rooted in these things and how the government is using its monopoly on the initiation of force to enforce this new world order, one world government and subjugate anybody that's going to dissent. Well said. And you are listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. And may I add that every point just raised by the not-QAnon shaman was perfectly consistent with and supportive of every observation and fact that we've been presenting on this show. The very first thing we learned in our very first examination of QAnon was that QAnon was a fiction and that there is Q and there is Anon. However, you know, it never really dawned on me that by creating the term QAnon, it would force search engines to go to QAnon entries, like the Wikipedia one that describes the non-existent QAnon as an American political conspiracy theory and political movement originating in the far right. QAnon censors on fabricated claims. Well, surprise, surprise. Now, time does not allow for me to read the entire entry, but here are some of the key highlights and phrases used throughout this Wikipedia entry on describing QAnon. Their core belief is that a cabal of satanic, cannibalistic child molesters are operating a global child sex trafficking ring. Interesting, because isn't the evidence of that just pouring out right now? QAnon is described as anti-Semitic due to its fixation on Jewish financiers Soros and conspiracy theories about the Rothschild family, a frequent target of anti-Semites. Wow. Also, you know, they're talking about the truth. It's all true. Trump amplified Q accounts on Twitter. That's interesting. Obviously, he takes them seriously. QAnon's conspiracy theories have also been relayed by Russian and Chinese state-backed media, social media troll accounts, and the far-right Falun Gong-associated Epoch Media Group. Well, isn't that interesting? Sounds like an endorsement to me. (laughs) Since its emergence in American politics, QAnon spawned movements around the world. After increased scrutiny of the movement, social media platforms such as Twitter and Facebook began taking action to stop the spread of the conspiracy theory. The conspiracy theory. I don't know what that means. (laughs) They, They cite all these different aspects of it, but apparently there's the conspiracy theory. You know, like the science. QAnon followers have perpetrated acts of violence. 
Members of the movement took part in the 2020 United States presidential election, during which they supported Trump's campaign and waged information warfare to influence voters. Oh, my goodness. Can you imagine such a thing ever happening in this country or in any country? <laughs> wow. Associates of Trump, such as Michael Flynn, Lynn Wood, and Sidney Powell, have promoted QAnon-derived conspiracy theories. When these tactics failed, Trump supporters, many of them QAnon followers, attacked the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021. Well, I have to tell you, this is a perfect example of Wikipedia pure BS. The kind of BS that demands everyone take a closer look at the whole Q phenomenon. Remember, whenever the left complains about something, take a look at it. That's where the action is. Okay, so here it is. The entire August 7th Trump posting featuring Dr. Jan Halper Hayes on a Great Britain News interview feature. Consider what we're about to hear in light of what we've been hearing up till now. Let's move across the other side of the pond, should we? Because Donald Trump has hit back at prosecutors just hours before his court appearance on charges of trying to overturn the results of the 2020 election. Yes, the former president said the indictment was unprecedented and showed the corruption of the Biden presidency. Well, it's the third time in four months he's been charged, and as we understand it, probably not the last, as he campaigns to regain the presidency. Meanwhile, his son, his eldest, Donald Jr., spoke to Nigel Farage last night, and he questions the timing of the indictment. You know, I, I don't believe any of this has anything to do with January 6th. If it did, and if January 6th was everything that they said, why, why, Nigel, did they wait two and a half years to charge him. I mean, the people that were there that did those, they were charged that day. Well, let's talk to Jan Halper Hayes, who's a US political analyst, and he's here in the studio. Good to see you, as always. Good to see you. Good to see you. Um, there's so many people putting this down as a political conspiracy theory, but actually, there are real questions to be answered here. There are? Yeah, of course there are. Of course there are. What he's being accused of, but what part do you think is to answer that? the 2020 election is going to be re-litigated because of this, they've made a huge, huge mistake with this one. Because even though we thought what was going to happen was they were going to go after him for treason or sedition, but they did criminally charge him, but they didn't go to that extreme. As a result, he has due process so he can subpoena people and bring things in. Now, let me say something about this 2020 election, is that Biden is the legitimate president, but he's the legitimate president of what is now the bankrupt U.S. corporation. And that was a treaty in 1871. Well, on September 12th, 2018, Trump created an executive order. Within that, he outlined in future elections any kind of foreign or domestic interference, specifically for the 2020 election. So we say, how did he know some of these things were going to happen? Election integrity on both sides of the aisle is tough. It's really tough. But what this has done is it's opened the door for Trump to present his case. 
Well, that's a good thing, isn't it? Because I mean, because the, I mean, what we see on this side of the pond is a very difficult situation where the legal system is politicised in the United States, which is abhorrent to us over right. here. So the fact that Trump can subpoena some people saying it's a mistake by Jack Smith, but actually he can subpoena. We you know, people can actually see. Evidence from both right. sides, that's a sensible yes, move. Exactly. And and it's a great mistake by Jack Smith that he's done that. Absolutely great. See, the thing is, think about um, uh, Edward Snowden and all the information he had. Think about the fact that our military, our Department of Defense Space Force, <clears throat> if you think that they don't have the actual real results from the election, then you're fooling yourself. Yeah, but what we what we do know with this is there are we're told <clears throat> uh, uh, that there are plenty of notes from people, including Vice President um, Pence, that there are some recordings of of Donald Trump acknowledging that actually what he said in public was nonsense. That some of these states, whether he claimed he was in, out saying it's, I mean, look, Detroit, it's corrupt, it's all corrupt, the results are corrupt. And that when in reality he knew it wasn't, that's illegal. But you know what? That's what someone's claiming, but that's not the fact, and that's not what Donald Trump really has ever said. He's been very, very clear. I mean, the issues were, for example, in Pennsylvania, the Supreme Court of the state of Pennsylvania stepped in and changed some of the election laws. Under our Constitution, it's only the state legislators that can do that. 2,000 Mules, the film that came out, what they did, they spent over four million tracking the phones. And the reason it's only 2,000 Mules is that based on the visits to the drop boxes in Georgia, they had to have gone over 10 times. And they've got all the film for that. So the thing is that um, the election integrity is so different and so problematic in every single state, every single state. But that doesn't mean that the machines didn't do something, that there were some other kind of finagling, but the long and well, short... Go ahead. Well, it, it doesn't... But that's, that's where conspiracy comes in, is it? To say, well, it doesn't mean that something didn't happen. Well, there's no evidence that it happened. I mean, well, there's how many how many court cases did the Trump campaign try to bring? There's nothing's gone in his favour. Okay, wait a minute. Everyone, the media goes, oh, there were 60, 60 court cases that were rejected. No, there were three. He won two. He lost one. Fifty-seven were never heard because they had no standing. And standing means that the person bringing the case has to claim some kind of impact or injury. So it's really, you know, the media did that and they're great at doing that, but it, it was a fallacy in there. And the thing is that, um, it, you know, you know, I sit on a task force at the Department of Defense. And the thing is, they've got the goods. They've got the goods. And Trump knew that if he presented any of the goods early on, we'd have a civil war that he really felt that the people needed to see how bad it could get. And that's the sense that we're getting from Trump's lawyer about what his defense is going to be. So he, this is all going to be based on free speech, the First Amendment in the US Constitution, that he had a right to say what he believed. And mm -hmm. he believed uh, that the election results were not uh, 
as was put out. But the point is, if you live in a democracy and you believe in a democracy, then that means that even if you don't like the outcome of an election, you respect that because it's a democratic vote. Well, a, a democratic vote, and so therefore he should be silent about it. No, he, has a, he has a right to speak, but the issue, of course, is if he then acts to subvert that election result. Oh, so that because you think he's being criticized because in Georgia he said, can you find me 12,000 votes? Or, um, you know, the thing is, he didn't try to subvert anything. What he's really done is he set up the deep state to come out, and that's why we're seeing all these things. I mean, it just it was revealed with whistleblowers and um, Hunter Biden's ex-best friend that in 2015, um, the head of Burisma gave Joe and Hunter Biden 10 million bribe. In 2018, Hunter is, I mean, uh, Joe is on TV publicly saying that he threatened that unless they got the prosecutor fired, that um, he wasn't going to let them have their one billion in support. In 2019, Trump calls Zelensky to find out about what went on to get the prosecutor fired and he gets impeached. Mm. I mean, that's... We've lived with it for a long time. Brother, that's, that's, we're almost out of time. I, just oh. want, I just want to pick you up on one thing. You said earlier on, you know, um, Donald Trump has been very clear on this. Is he a man that you believe? I mean, look, he's about as believable as a chocolate teapot, isn't he? Look, I know that. Oh, thank God you got the negativity in at the end and not the beginning. <laughs> I can always count on you for that. Always. Um, but it's a legitimate point to say that Donald Trump is a man who always speaks the truth. That can't be the case. I mean, it's hardly the case of any leader, to be fair, but I mean, definitely not Donald Trump. Well, I don't know if I said everything or always, because I do call him the embellisher in chief, because he's mm. a marketer. Um, but in terms of telling us things, Optics, you better believe that he's very much a straight shooter in terms of actions that he's going to take or what he thinks needs to be done. You know, they made fun of him because they assumed he broke protocol and walked in front of the queen. No, if you go back and look at it, you will see he looked at her. She gave a wave with her hand. He proceeded. She took a couple of steps, he stopped, and he waited for her to join. That was an optic to tell us that he then was going to bankrupt the U.S. corporation because it was the Vatican, the Crown, and the U.S. that was part since 1871. And we were giving you our tax dollars. We were paying back. You know, we, forget this Tea Party and without taxation, without representation. We owed you a lot of money because you helped us in the Civil War. And so that is what Trump has now, he told the queen, I'm ending this. We're dissolving this corporation. We're going to go back to being a republic and we'll all be separate. The Pope wasn't happy. You should find the picture of him visiting the Pope. It took 650 planes to remove our gold from the Vatican Bank. I'm not very happy about it, Jan, to be perfectly honest. We could do with your money at the minute. <laughs> keep, it, keep it flowing, I say. Um, Jan Halberhage, really good to see you. Thank you, you too. very much indeed. You too.
We got 30 seconds left. You're on Twitter at American Shaman. Forbidden Truth Academy.com. Closing comment. The mind is the battleground, ladies and gentlemen. Because the mind is the battleground, that means you must take back your mind. You must reclaim your mind. You must understand these psychological warfare techniques. You must understand neuro-linguistic programming, uh, critical factor bypass, and mass formation hypnosis. You can be an agent for change only by being and remaining peaceful. You can be a, an agent for positive influence in the world, and you're going to do so one mind at a time. Bear in mind that virtually everything we've been talking about today boils down to various forms of psychological warfare, something that has been practiced since ancient times and beyond. After all, when you're dealing with the mind, what more powerful weapon can one possibly concoct? There's only one I know about, and that's the search for truth. And personally, after seven or eight years of having intensely followed Donald Trump's presidency and after watching him in action with people of every background and interest, I have to agree with Dr. Halper Hayes when she says you better believe that Trump's very much a straight shooter. Right or wrong, Trump is a straight shooter. That's been my observational experience, and I've been presenting the evidence that continually leads me to that conclusion on this show since before he was elected in 2016. And you know, I think that the real story of Donald Trump's historic role and in the context of the history of the United States of America is so dramatic and significant that it is practically a biblical event, which still has a long way to play out. Because if anyone thinks that they are living in any kind of a political environment that should ever be considered normal, then they are a victim of one of the most evil psychological operations ever devised. You know, as Trump has warned, what's about to happen next won't be politics as usual. And now in closing, I've had another minor, I guess, happy epiphany regarding one of my favorite television shows. It occurs to me now that the entire 1960s television comedy series, Hogan's Heroes, from which we have borrowed more than our fair share of audio bites on this show over the years, was a TV series all about psychological operations and psychological warfare during World War II. Stalag 13 was a psyop, and every storyline in the series pretty much was about that week's psyop operation. Colonel Hogan was a master of the PSYOP, a framework within which I never really saw either him or the series. And yet, how many times did I hear other characters in the show comment or remark that, you know, Hogan has an unusual way of accomplishing objectives or of getting the job done? And with that apocalyptic revelation, I have gained a new appreciation of a TV show I've enjoyed since it first aired. From now on, I won't be able to not see it. It's Hogan's PSYOP camp from now on. And isn't that a microcosm of how an apocalypse works? It's a great awakening, no matter how subtle or profound. Like it or not, the apocalypse continues, especially when you join us again next week as we continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, and be right back here. We'll see you then. To black and white Under the bedclothes Everything will be alright
Hey, well, I, I was a What happened in London, Colonel? Hey, did you get a chance to visit Ginger? Goes anywhere, anytime, day or night. Look, <laughs> if you think my commanding officer would do All it. right, hold it, hold it. Small talk later. We got work to do. The German Army General Staff is due here in less than an hour. You're kidding. Straight stuff. Here? I'll design my greatest bomb. No violence, psychological warfare. Who does the best Hitler? Audio or visual? On the phone. Kinch. No doubt about Kinch? it. Kinch? Yes, yeah. Kinch does the best.